0: American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to David and Rich of Breaking in a Sequence over Zoom Video. David talks about how he got into music, originally the uh, drummer of Korn, talks about how he never took drum lessons. He basically used to air drum and... His parents got him a a real kick and he just picked it up. He's one of those very, 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 very uh, rare human beings that can just pick something up and automatically be awesome at it. So he talks about uh, how he got into drums, how he met the guys in Corn, kind of the early stages of Corn. And Rich tells us about being born in Northridge, but then raised in Santa Clarita. He went over to a friend's house that was playing guitar. From there, he was hooked. Him and his friends would just try to learn every single Metallica song there was. And David actually brought up a good question during the interview too, Rich, about how he sings and how he learned to sing because James Hetfield of Metallica is singing something completely different than what he's playing. And David being ambidextrous, playing drums just in his own way, but amazing, Asked him kind of about how he learned to sing and play something different at the same time. Uh, it sparked this amazing conversation. But uh, we talk all about their brand new band. They started off as BIAS. Now they uh, broke out the the acronym into BREAKING IN A SEQUENCE. They talk about playing their first show at Nam. How Rich actually joined the band by um, submitting his tape when he found out the band was looking for a singer. He took the music that they had sent him and he chopped it up and made it into a totally different song with his vocals on it, sent it back to them. Five months later, they call him and they're like, hey, uh, why don't you come on down and, and, and audition? He comes down, does very well. They wait a few more months. It's one of those things. They wait a few more months. <laughs> Give him a call. Tell him he's in the band. Uh, they come down. He, he starts writing and recording songs with the band. They talk about the very last show they played pre-COVID was the day prior to shutdown. They played the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los Angeles. They talk about that show. They talk about managers that were supposed to come and watch them and them not wanting to come because of everything that was going on with COVID. They talked to us about the most recent set of songs that they have out now, acronym. Six songs they had kind of released out as singles. Their cover of Faith No More's Midlife Crisis and the music video they shot for Midlife Crisis as well. You can watch our interview with Rich and David on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. David is sitting in front of this insane plaque of just all of the, the gold records and platinum records that Korn had received over the years. And Rich is cruising around in his car. <laughs> it's, it's a rad conversation. You have to check it out. It's up on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be dope if you uh, subscribe to our channel and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Breaking in a Sequence. This podcast is all about you guys and your journey in music, and uh, how you guys got to where you are now.
1: How we got to where we are now. Well, Was
0: that a studio. question? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just gonna, well, we'll start with you, David. Well, where, were you, where were you born and raised?
1: Um, I was born in San Leandro, up by Oakland.
0: Okay, then yeah, I moved the to Kansas
1: for a couple of years, and then to Bakersfield until I was 17, then down to L.A.
0: Okay. And were you: Huntington Beach. Oh, okay, right on, right on. When, and when did you get into music? When did I get into music? Yeah, like how old were you when you started like getting into music? Well, I got my
1: first drum set when I was 10 and I was already into music before that. <laughs> like before I even got my drum set, I was air drumming to music. And when I was 10, I got my first drum set and I sat down and I was immediately able to play a beat. It was wow, I was pretty myself. Yeah, just from air drumming in my
0: bedroom. That's incredible with yeah. kick and everything, right? When you got the set, everything, yeah,
1: wow, I, sat down, I could play it all.
0: So, obviously, you're destined to do uh, what you do today. Air drumming is real. Cool. So, oh. so, yeah,
1: it was pretty crazy from air drumming for at least uh, probably since I was eight. Uh-huh. And then when I was 10, they got me my first drum set, and I literally sat down, and I was able to play beats to songs the minute I sat down from so much air drumming. It just came.
0: That Were you, like, just, were you listening to music and trying to play along to it? Like, I like I don't know. Yeah. Just, okay, what were you listening to at the time? Like um, at, th- at that time, it was just, uh,
1: like, local radio station, kind of uh, pop rock stuff. Mm-hmm. D- it didn't really matter. I was just playing for drums, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I got the drum set, and um, I think that year for Christmas, I got Van Halen record. Okay. So you know, still the still little uh, players with the headphones. So I'm in oh, yeah, a little Discman? I- no, before Discman.
0: Before Discman, okay.
1: Oh, yeah. way Yeah, way before. Okay. So playing in my bedroom to uh, Van Halen's first record.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. And then did you, once you started doing that, were there other kids in your – Your school or anything like that also played? Like, how how did you start playing with people? Well, I I didn't for a few years. When I I got into junior high,
1: (laughs) I don't even know why I did this. Um, There was a saxophone player. It was really good. And, you know, doing sheet music, stuff from the school. And I, I go, come over to my house. Let's try to jam out. I don't know what I thought was going to play me with a sax player. <laughs> and we came over. And I was just playing a beat, going, thinking like it's guitar or something. Sure. And he started playing. And it was so bad. It was awful. It was so bad. <laughs> it wasn't until I, I was like uh, 14 until I met guys, uh, freshman in high school, when I met guys that actually played guitar and bass. And my mom used to drive me to rehearsals. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and pick me up. So it was pretty cool.
0: Okay. And with that band, did you guys end up starting to play shows and stuff or was it kind of just very garage, just it, for fun? Just,
1: this garage stuff. I don't
0: think we ever played a show. Okay. When did you start getting into shows and, and performing in more of a serious? Um, not until I moved
1: from, uh, Bakersfield down to Burbank. We had our first band. We moved. is called LAPD. And, um,
0: oh, that's a rat name.
1: <laughs> me, um, Reggie from Corn, James from Corn, and, and another guy, Richard, who was a singer.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: we moved down to LA or Burbank, and then we started playing some shows on the Sunset Strip. <clears throat> and then, um, I don't, just one day, we told the singer it wasn't going to work out. And we found John and uh, we got him, and, and Brian, the other guitar player, joined us and yeah. started making Corn songs. And then we started playing clubs everywhere we could
0: wow yeah and i I've, I've i've actually interviewed brian uh for this podcast as well and he, he told me the whole like kind of the corn experience and just the, the ups and downs and everything guys went through but it's crazy that because wasn't john uh he joined later right weren't you guys kind of playing he was telling me you guys were playing shows as no. without a singer or am yeah. i, here yeah. two different I stories? Hmm. so check it out we
1: rented a house there's a little bedroom in the front Head to he was sitting there for like six hours a day playing like Ingvay Malmsteen and stuff, like totally shredding on guitar. Uh huh. And he knew that our singer wasn't really good at the time at all. So he didn't have anything to do with us. Uh huh. And then, um, I think, uh, I think Brian and James went to Bakersfield because everyone was from Bakersfield. Yeah, you
0: guys were all from and up and around they, the they stopped area.
1: John play in his band that he was in at the time and they loved the singing. They came back and they told us about this, about John. Uh uh-huh. And, uh, he was playing another show maker. So, and I went down and saw the show and I walked up to him afterwards. I go, Hey, you're a great singer. We have this band going out in LA. We have a place to stay. I can move you into our house. Do you want to come down and play with us? And he just says, yeah, he goes, sure. I'll do it. And at the time I had one of those, uh, remember those Toyota vans? With, with the little flat front. Oh yeah. They don't make you anymore. So I had one of those with no back seats. It was like just a big carpet for all my drums. Mm-hmm. So, I came down, I put in his bed, all of his clothes, like a nightstand, and him <laughs> and his girlfriend came back to us, moved into our house, and um, then the, me, <clears throat> James, Reggie, and John started playing, and as soon as his heard us play, he, he goes, okay, now I want to join your band. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't want anything to do with our old band, because he knew it wasn't good, but as soon as he heard us, he's like, yeah, I want to be in your band, so then that's how Korn started.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Bristol
1: Studio started playing all of our songs and writing stuff. And then we started playing all the clubs in local Huntington Beach. And then we started doing everything in Hollywood and probably yeah. soon. We were selling out all the clubs. And I mean that, that's when shows were like shows.
0: Sure. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's so crazy. Um okay, Richard, we we got you back. So uh yeah, how's it going? So you were born born in in uh in you said Richmond? Or no, uh, uh Northridge, Northridge, Northridge California. California. Yeah. Northridge then Santa Clarita, so you went from LA to still LA County up by Magic Mountain and how old yeah. were you when you made that move? I think I was like 7 years old.
1: Oh, okay. North Northridge and uh Santa Clarita like maybe 15 miles apart. That's it. It's really close, right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty close. It's yeah. pretty close. So oh, okay. I was like seven years old when I moved up there. And, um, and I just got a guitar because my friends had guitars. And uh, we started a band together. And we learned nothing but Metallica songs.
0: Oh, really? Just, I just, your, just Metallica. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was like the only like riff-centric
2: guitar stuff you know, out there. So, um, I, I segue, I use that to basically learn how to play and sing, you know, and then mm-hmm. that's how I, I became a singer because our band needed a singer and, um, and they just drew my name out of a hat like three times. So I had to learn how to sing and play.
0: Oh, really? So you guys are all in a band together, no singer. And it was whoever, whoever's name got chosen was the, was the chosen one, so to speak.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, They put like all of our names on a piece of paper and then put a question mark, meaning, you know, we go find another singer. And literally, they drew my name out of there three times. So I'm like, damn it.
1: Hey, Rich, when you're playing guitar and singing, was it hard to do a rhythm on guitar and do a totally different vocal melody?
2: Um, it was hard, but that's, I like that challenge.
1: Like, that was what I was
2: intending to do when I learned all the like yeah. Metallica songs, because that's what Hetfield does. Mm-hmm. Hetfield yeah. can separate his hands from his uh, vocal
1: rhythm. It's like drumming. Yes. That's yeah. It's like being ambidextrous. Sure, sure. I didn't even chords. think about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's,
2: it's really hard. Like, I would, when I would write songs later on, Playing guitar and singing, I would make sure that um that I made the vocals completely different from the guitars just to test myself to see if I could sing and play it. Wow. Yeah, it that's,
0: really hard. yeah that's that's fascinating. Um was yeah. this band you formed in like how old were you guys when you when when the when the name was being chosen out of the hat, so to speak, and, and the band got gone?
2: I think I was like 12 years old.
0: Wow. So, that, so you started really yeah, early as
2: well. Yeah. And then I just continued playing through high school and different bands. And then uh, and then after high school, we, uh, we were playing out, we were playing the Hollywood scene and all that and kind of fell into the Hollywood trap of bands, you know. <laughs> and then uh, I quit playing and then came back and quit playing again. And then I saw that these guys were doing a singer audition. So I, uh, I decided to, to
0: try something new and just sing. Oh, wow. Okay, so you were, you were in bands, and then were, were, were you taking music pretty seriously? I mean, I would think, right? If, you, if you, It was kind you know, of like, weird when he
1: came in to sing. He was, like, playing air guitar when he was singing. Like, no, doing? No. <laughs> no. I was not. <laughs> I, I was not. It's, it's so I, funny when you see bands and the singer doesn't know what to do with their hands because you know, they're just singing, so they're going, air guitar. and <laughs> shit. Sure. air guitar. No. <laughs> I <definitely laughs> no. I
2: definitely don't know what to do with my hands still i'm like what do i do
0: do with my hands (laughs) right i was always but that's fascinating too because yeah if you're used to playing guitar and singing at the same time now you're just in front of the mic and you're like uh do i am i supposed to be dancing like do i just stand here like how how do you how do you build the stage presence just is it just repetitive practicing and watching yourself in a mirror like i mean i don't even know well the way that i do it
2: is i just I just keep doing it right because eventually my hands are going to find something to do that are, that's comfortable, right? Right. Whether it's, it's grabbing the mic stand or just a mic grip or
1: something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think think anybody would look at you and think that you don't know what to do with your hands. It looks totally natural.
2: Well, now it does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I didn't even think when we first started playing together, I didn't even consider that you were a guitar player too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And,
2: and, you know, I was totally used to to hiding behind my guitar, essentially, you know, during the, the music only parts. So now when the music only parts hit, I'm like, what do I do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So t- tell me, Rich, about these. Okay. So these earlier bands, you said you were in bands and you stopped playing and then you were back into bands. And what made you like, did the bands break up and that's kind of why you stopped in between the, the couple bands there prior or
2: well um, so i had the bands kind of fizzled out let's just say got um, it and and i basically quit music so i could start my career right like <laughs> i started a career in it um, when i was like what 25 or 24 or something like that so i had to step away so that i could start a career because the music thing wasn't panning out, man. you know, I had to be realistic. And if I want any good type of quality of life, I have to have a career. Right. Um, once I established my career, I came back to music just because I missed it. You know, I don't, I don't know if you're a musician or not, um, but once a musician, always a musician, you always get that itch to play again.
0: Sure. I mean I'm yeah, not so- I, I don't play well but I I can play guitar and I and I like to try and sing and stuff and I in high school I tried to play in bands but I knew that wasn't my my destiny so I I tried to figure another way into the industry and it was through radio and now obviously pod, a podcast but um I had to go with my what I was pretty good at but never <laughs> if if my friends are over like oh let's go jam like I I love that like it's just something so so fun about playing music and just kind of being immersed in that whole that whole atmosphere. It's the best.
2: Right, that's the, that's the itch, you know what right. I mean? Like you get that itch, like, oh, I wanna play, I wanna jam, I wanna be able to click with people, not by talking to them, but just through music. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of brought me back to it. And then um, I recorded a couple albums after I came back to it. And then that band fizzled out and I decided, hey, you know what, I'm just gonna do this for fun. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. and how I decided to do it for fun was I had been writing guitar and playing, you know, and singing the entire time. I was like, you know, I'm just going to be a singer now. So I started going on to Craigslist, finding bands that needed singers and Mm -hmm. that would post their instrumental music. And I would take that music and I would cut it up into a different arrangement, right? I'd basically take out the parts that I didn't like and then reform the song back together. I'd sing over it and send it back to the bands. Did and you ever
1: consider joining any of those bands? Nope. I, I did You get used, You get used to it.
0: Oh, you froze on us again there for a hey, second. Doctors. Hey, how I, oh, did you lose me? Oh, no, now you're back. So you, oh. you, uh, you, so you would take the songs, break them up and, and then, um, you like you that's where you kind of cut out
2: (laughs) Oh, okay so i'd take the songs and i'd sing over them after i'd I'd piece them back together Mm -hmm. and then i would send them back to the band just for fun like hey check out what i did to your song but i never had any intention of joining these bands i was using it as practice for myself you know to to learn different chord progressions and everything
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause David asked if you ever wanted, if you had any intention of joining the band at all and you didn't.
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely didn't. So I did that for like a year and a half. And then these guys put out their singer audition or their singer search. So I wanted to do the same thing with that. And, um, when they first put out their audition, I responded to them, gave them my bio and all that stuff. And then they didn't respond to me for like five months.
1: <laughs> so I have no idea how that even happened.
2: <laughs> yeah. So then one day I checked my email and they're like, hey, better late than never, sing over this. And they sent me a track. And I took that track and I did my my little you know chop chop rearrange thing. And I sent it back to them. And then they didn't respond to me for a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that strategic, David? That was thing. that yeah, was that
1: no, not at all.
2: but but they didn't like it too much like at first i don't think
1: at first it was all ego we were thinking who's who is this guy taking our music and chopping it up and rearranging we do that and then after like two days everyone we're listening to it in the studio and we're thinking well this makes way more sense now the way he did it so we're okay drop the ego just get used to it he rearranged it now the song makes sense and it's way better so then we called him and asked him to come down and oh, really wow. came down, we played for like, what, five hours or so. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: So so when they finally responded to me, they're like, oh, see what you can do over these. So they sent me two more tracks and I was able they had this song that was like six or seven minutes long. And I was able to take that song, cut it into pieces and make two songs out of it. So we essentially had four songs to work on when I came down to audition with the band.
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah. Well, at first, you guys must have thought, like, yeah, what an ego. He's taking our songs and chopping them up. But he chops them up, and then he cr- you created four songs out of what they had sent you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. That lasted like a day. And then everyone, we looked at each other and said, but now it makes way more sense, and it's better. So, it's gone.
0: It was a no-brainer <laughs> at, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Wow. The, right
1: the, first, the first day we got in the same room and played together, I think everyone pretty much knew. I mean, we gelled so great, and um, the the vibe was amazing. Everyone felt it it was really good. Yeah, it it
2: was was a cool practice. That first practice was really cool that I almost didn't go to because I didn't want to join a band, remember? So (laughs) when they asked me to join or to audition, I said no. Um, And my wife basically pushed me to go do the audition because she was like, look, you've been going on Craigslist or youtube or wherever you're going and just writing music for strangers this entire time this is your passion you need to go pursue it and there's a band with david silvera in it that wants you to try out you you need to go do this that was going to so be my next
0: question it. to you like did did david give it like he must have given it quite a bit of legitimate legitimate legitimate. legitimacy, legitimacy. <laughs> I <was> trying, trying, <laughs> sorry i can't speak right now uh to, to the band i mean right the guy's been with playing with a band yeah. that has molt Look at look at the plaque behind him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I grew up listening to Corn and watching
2: David play and all that. So he was like one of my 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 heroes growing up. You know. So if, if, I I had to just really think about it. You know. I didn't really put it into that perspective. I was more just like, oh, I don't want to drive eighty miles south every week to go join this band. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. But. But now it works so it's all
0: good. <laughs> was it was there any sort of nerves there going in and like trying to present like I mean singing in front of you know a David for example I mean the guy's a totally. legend and we're talking about him like he's not sitting right here but <laughs> <laughs> I mean that must have been pretty nerve-wracking I would I would think it was.
2: Once it sunk in that I was actually going to go down there and be in a room with David, um, I was nervous. So I, I think I drank like half a bottle of wine before I got to the, the <laughs> rehearsal spot just to calm my nerves. And then, and then I don't know if you've ever seen David in, in person, but he's a lot taller than he looks up you know, in, in magazines
0: or I'm not, videos I have not but I hopefully soon enough we'll all get to hang out together. <laughs>
2: yeah. So he's a lot taller. He's, he's like, he's like a little bit taller than me and it looked like he just had, uh, got out of the gym or something. Cause he's all small.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. He looks really strong. So <laughs> yeah. not only that, you're like, wow, this guy could really kick my ass.
2: <laughs> I, I was just more like, man, you're a, you're a big dude, man.
0: Like,
2: and then, then they put my mic stand right in front of him. So I'm literally singing right in front of David. Like, like if, if I sing too hard, i just might spit all over his cymbals. You know,
1: <laughs> but luckily none of that happened. Was that intentional, David? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, usually the singers in the middle of the room at stage. So,
0: right. Yeah. I was kidding. Like just yeah, didn't like, the drummer. <laughs> that's true (laughs) well okay well david when did you guys form because i know between or after the after corn you were in another band for a while and when did you decide or what what happened with not what happened but what why did you guys decide to start break like the song the breaking the sequence like how did that start prior to getting rich in the band the band before that you mean yeah, or just how did the, this band, current band, start? Like, was it off of just, like, how did you meet the rest of the guys? And how did it start prior to, to, to bringing Rich in, into it? Well,
1: me, our bass player, Chris, and one of our guitar player Joe, mm-hmm. we were in another band, and um, the singers were not really good. We gave it like a year, and um, basically no one even wanted to pay attention to us. So we uh, told them that we're going to split off and do our own thing. And then um, we got Mike, our other guitar player to join us. And then that's when we started doing the singer search and found Richard.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that must, but what, what year was this? This must've been pretty recently, like couple within the couple of years ago, right? Yeah, was two- 2018, 2018. Oh, okay. So 2018 yeah, you joined they, the band. Sorry, go
2: ahead.
0: I think they put out their singer
2: search in March of 2018. And I didn't hear back from them until the end of July.
1: <laughs> oh wow. I <laughs> didn't know how that happened, honestly.
0: So so end of July. You're you're in the band around then, July, August.
2: I actually didn't join the band. They didn't ask me to join the band until I think early September or late August, something like that. So almost in
0: 2019.
2: Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like the end of August or early September.
0: Okay. So once you joined the band, do you guys start writing songs right away? And do you, I mean, you, you've put out a record, but that was, I mean, the, the acronym came out this year prior to that, were you guys just writing songs or trying to get it together to, or were you playing out like how, cause obviously, I mean, 2020 was a wash for everybody and we're still yeah. kind of in the same mess. I mean, how did, how was, how did the band start going? And then obviously COVID hits and did that kind of throw you guys up against the wall? Oh, yeah. We totally went into writing mode. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, we so, so in 2018, after I joined, like, like I said before, we had four songs already from the get-go uh, that we could start playing. I think by the end of um, September, we had like six or seven songs already. And we decided at that point, hey, let's, uh, let's debut the band at NAM. You know, at a nail. A oh, band. yeah.
0: Wow. So
2: we went into the studio and recorded three songs. <clears throat> and uh, at that point, we, we hadn't really found our sound yet because when I came into the band, we wanted to be a rock band, mm-hmm. right? And as we started writing more and more, we just started naturally gravitating to heavier and heavier music. And uh, I think we did that because David started playing um, more with his body and he was like really starting to get into it again, you know, cause David hadn't really played drums for what was it? What? Like 13 years. Right, David?
1: I, I hadn't there. You said,
2: yeah, you hadn't played drums for real
1: in like 13 years at that point. Right. Well, the the band before we were the band,
0: right. Oh, weren't, you didn't play drums in, uh, in the bands that you were prior. David, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I have. Oh, been, yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, he hadn't been playing like I guess heavier, more aggressive music in that time. And as we started getting heavier and more aggressive, it, we just kept gravitating that way. Um, but anyhow, we we released our first single. Did I
0: lock up? I'm. I've still got you. Yeah. Did you lock up on your end? I still got okay. you. I got you, okay. Richard. So you, guys, um, you have me. Yes, I have you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, the joy so, of Zoom.
2: <laughs> I know, right? I know. So, we released our first single in January of 2019, right? Is that, that delusional? Track. No, it was Pity. Okay. It was, was the very first single that we released. And that was just the first taste of music that we put out there for everyone. But, um, after that, we released, uh, I think, Change Your Mind at the same time, which is more of a rock song. Mm-hmm. We released Hesitation, which is more of a rock song. And then after that, we released uh, Delusional, which oh, wow. is a metal
0: okay. song. Yeah. You so know? the first song I had heard was Delusional. And then I, I thought that, and, and Midlife Crisis, which is awesome. I want to talk to you about that. And then I figured that the rest of it was just kind of off of acronym when that, when that came out.
1: No, I think so that'll you know, set the stage for the heavier stuff.
2: Yeah, initially when we first came out, we came out as bias, right, and and um, because of the climate of everything that was, uh, decided to unacronym bias into breaking in a sequence and that's probably why you only heard delusional first because when we dropped delusional that's when we became breaking in a sequence
0: oh okay so you guys were just biased first that was the band name and it wasn't an acronym yeah got right. it okay 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 and with bias did you when you're putting out those songs you said you you premiered your band at Nam and were you like playing out quite a bit? Did you jump on the road and tour it all playing to different cities or was it still kind of writing mode and, and getting a record together?
2: Uh, it was a little bit of both. So we were writing and then we went on a small, uh, a small tour at the end of 2019. I want to say it was. And um, and that was cool. Hold on here. No worries. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <my> on. <phone's> <laughs> yeah we went on a small tour a little john at the end of 2019 and uh and we basically used that time to to really get comfortable with each other you know like it's one thing to practice in the studio with each other you know all the time and it's another thing to actually go on the road and you know spend some time with these guys and play shows night after night
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know it really helped it really helped us gel even
1: further you know what it really did now when, when we're rehearsing and somebody farts we know exactly who it is <laughs> you're like
0: oh rich <laughs> <laughs> terrible that well terrible well david were you t- you were you touring through like i mean after the Corn and and you started a couple of bands pr- after that. Were you Turing? always? I'm sorry. Did you, did you say was I touring? Yeah, were you touring, or did you kind of just were you playing and just trying just to rehearsing. form bands? And okay, just rehearsing, writing music. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And was that new, or, or like tell me about that experience going from touring, you know, back then, and then touring now with 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 the new band, the new guys. Is it? I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. it was
1: totally different. I mean, you know corn we're doing arenas and and right then we did a club tour yeah absolutely
0: was it cool to kind of get back in that club vibe for you um
1: yeah it it was it was pretty cool i mean like richard said it was mostly probably about the bonding with all the guys and really spending time together and getting to know everyone's bodily odors and stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) how A over 10s become, how uh, OCD I become on tour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, after that run of shows, um, tell me you got, uh, where you guys were at when when COVID hit and when coronavirus kind of shut down everything. The shows were way before that. Rich, you want to okay. tell them about the whiskey? No, you, you go ahead, because my connection
2: is getting spotty. So go
1: ahead. Uh, f- do you remember the date? I don't. <laughs>
2: I don't
0: remember the date. It was like, it was the day before the world shut down. That's all I know. Oh, so like March 11th, 12th-ish? Yes. It was the last show
1: they did at the Whiskey. And we had um, planned the show to invite managers, a few people I knew, to come out and see us and hopefully get management. Uh And during the day, like two people called me and said, this COVID thing is freaking me out. I can't uh, can't make it. And then like an hour and a half before we played, another guy called and said, oh, I can't come out because COVID. So, we ended up playing a show. The turnout was pretty decent, but it was the last show with the whiskey, and then they shut everything down.
0: Wow. So, you guys were the last band to play there. Yeah.
1: Well, oh. yeah, like a, a live show, yeah.
2: Because they've been doing uh, streaming. streaming shows.
0: Yeah, but that's not the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be was it – I mean, getting those calls from those managers, were, were you guys nervous at that point yet, or was – did you, were you was just hopeful that it was all kind of a uh, I, I don't want to say blunt out of proportion because obviously it wasn't but like were you got like as a band were you guys worried or or was it was something that you were like oh, very hopeful that okay this is maybe just something that's going to you know fly on past us and we'll be well, touring soon and you know sooner than later I mean,
1: everyone was really disappointed because i had some really big managers coming to see us Mm -hmm. And at that point, when everything first got shut down, everyone thought two or three weeks, right? Right. Yeah. It was flatten
0: the curve. Two weeks, will flatten the curve. 14 days, flatten the curve. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, we ended up getting the managers. Some of them were supposed to come see us, but um, yeah, he was the last one to actually cancel. I think that was a, yeah, I was kind of bummed that night.
0: Yeah. And the guy that you have currently managing you? Yes. Wow, so and, it ended and, up work, and working, working, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and, I, Paul Bergano. Yes.
0: and they were the they were the last to be like, yeah, you know, like, yeah I, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable showing up. What about the turnout at the show? We're, we're, you probably were expecting quite a big crowd, and was the show turnout different? Really, it, w-
1: it wasn't really big, but it was all right. I mean, yeah, I
2: mean, I, I want to say there was, like, I don't know. I, I couldn't even count how many people there, but it, it was good. good considering that good That there was a, a <laughs> world epidemic happening right then and there, you know, a pandemic happening right then and yeah. there. And people still showed up, you know, so thank you to everyone who showed up to that show. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was, it was
2: still fun. You know, whenever we get up on stage, we, we're still having fun no matter what.
0: That's awesome. And so the world shuts down and then what's, what do you guys do? Like what's next? You're like, okay, we got to, Kind of self quarantine here for a bit. Um, do you continue writing music, and then tell me about going from bias to breaking in a sequence?
2: Okay, so basically, when everything shut down, there was some there was so much uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen, you know, because we were we were hopeful that. Uh, that the whiskey was going to be the catalyst that started, you know, whatever we were going to do in 2020. Sure. Right. And so we, yeah, took, and I want to say,
0: like, the-
2: what's that? What'd you say, David?
1: Shit. Did I freeze? You did it for a second. No, now no. you're back. Now you're back. Wait, what'd you so, say, we David? Were hoping, we, were, we were hoping to get management out of the whiskey show and all right. the canceled. So Yeah. Then the world shut down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead, Rich.
2: So we took a couple weeks just to see where everything was going because it was only supposed to be 14 days. Right. And at that point, the guys had started jamming again and they sent me this 21-minute long jam song that they had, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I took that 21-minute jam song and I cut it all up and I made a song out of it. And we basically used it as our, um, our, core, our lockdown challenge song. I don't know if you remember Sammy Hagar went out and, uh, and put out a challenge like, you know, no producer, no studio, just uh, write and record a song with your band, film it, and post it. So we mm-hmm. did that. And I think that that helped us a lot because that helped us actually slide into our, our, our new sound.
0: Yeah. Interesting. You know,
2: um, if, yeah. So if you go onto YouTube, you can see that song and you can see kind of like my making of video of that song. Um, but from there we decided, okay, well, let's just keep writing because we don't know what's really going to happen with this pandemic. We have no clue. So um, we just kept getting together like maybe every couple of weeks to a month because if someone had the sniffles or anything, we would, cancel practice.
0: (laughs) Sure, of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um at that point we just kept writing and, and rehearsing. We just wanted to make sure that we were tight. And then um I think Andy reached out to David or David, did you reach back out to Andy? I don't remember.
1: He he reached out to me and asked if he could come down to our studio to listen to us rehearse live. And then like I think like maybe a day before he was supposed to come he called me and said he was kind of freaked out by coming down to the studio with all of us in the room about Mm -hmm. COVID. So we said, you know, okay, it's all good. Then he called me again and he said, he was going to come down and that time it was like four hours before we were supposed to play and Richard had already left his house. So I said, okay. So then we ended up like three weeks later, we rented a room at SIR in Hollywood
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and um, had the band and like maybe two or three people helping us with our gear. We loaded in, set it all up. The, the crew were like off to the side, and in the middle of the room was Andy and Paul in two chairs sitting there.
0: <laughs> you were like you know, on a like it was yeah. like a judge show, like Idol or something.
1: <laughs> and before exactly. we did that, I actually asked Andy. I go, should we rent a room at Sir and you guys can come watch us? And he goes, No, I want to watch you guys in your element and your in your rehearsal. So then after two cancellations, he goes, All right, let's go to Sir. So we ended up playing. <laughs> For Andy and Paul and the three people we took with us to do our gear, and that was it. And uh, we played for them. And they said, "Wow, this is way better than the recording." Even so, right then they said, "We're going to be your managers."
0: Wow, that must—that's awesome. Validating, obviously, for the band.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool.
0: That is awesome. And so this is in the midst of 2020 too. Um, and when do you guys put out and record "Delusional"? Was that something that was done? um with that when you guys were just biased yes okay yeah and what about midlife yeah. crisis and why Choose you and and i want to i'm curious about that because i'm a huge faith no more fan and and that's such a great song what why did you guys decide on that as a cover
2: well that's a that's a long story that's a loaded story but um <laughs> essentially when i first joined this band um joe chris and david well Joe and Chris really wanted to do a faith no more song ever since I joined because they say that I somehow remind my voice reminds them of of Patton a little bit. Um, And I said, no, (laughs) there's no way, you know, like Patton is like God out there to everyone. You know what I mean? And he is, he's really amazing. Sure. And I just thought that it would just bring, you know, unwanted attention to the band if, if we did a faith no more cover. And what happened was when we went on tour in September of 2019, we were driving in the middle of nowhere, and the live version of, uh, of uh, "Midlife Crisis" came on, you know, from the Faith No More Deluxe Edition.
0: Yes, uh, yes. of
2: Angel Dust. Uh-huh. So that live version came on, and it was a little bit faster. The vocals were more aggressive and everything. And I, when I heard it, I was like, "Huh, we could totally do this. We could do this song. Let's okay, let's try it." So when we got back from tour, we learned it really quickly um, and then threw our own little twist on it. And then we were going into the studio to, to track our other songs because we were anticipating either releasing a EP or an album. We didn't know which one, but we just wanted to get things recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I finished my vocals like for, I want to say, seven songs in like, 24 hours so we had a whole extra day (laughs) we had a whole (laughs) extra day so we decided to hey let's just record midlife crisis too and that can be the easter egg on this ep or, or album and um then then we just sat on it we literally sat on all of the music that we recorded at the end of 2019 because 2020 got washed out sure and then um we sat down and did the showcase with uh with Andy and Paul and they're like okay so what are you guys planning to do next you know what i mean and we're like well i don't know maybe we should release some new music we haven't released anything since august which we released delusional in august of 2020 mm-hmm. i believe it was so they're like uh maybe you shouldn't release any music at the end of the year because we don't know what's going to happen with the election you know everyone's lives are in shambles right now because of the pandemic and the election. No one's going to pay attention to any new music that you guys drop or any new music that anyone drops. Um, And I said, well, how about a cover? they are like a cover might be good because you know, it's familiar enough that people will, will hear it and go, Oh, I know that song. And they'll listen closer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, they heard our faith no more cover. And they're like, this is perfect. You should release this. And at that point, when they said that, I was like, well, then let's remake the video too. So it'll be a cover song and a cover video. will be a full, you know, homage to them.
0: Yeah. I love the video that you guys put together. Cause it's like live, but um, you, you know, you're laying down, singing up. And then like the, just like the, the fast, uh, like the, the how the, the camera's moving quickly and, just like everything about it, was that all shot during the quarantine? Were you able to, like, what, like, take a day to, to record it somewhere? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was shot during the quarantine. So I think we filmed that in, what, October of 2020, David? Or I think it was October of 2020 that we filmed that video. And it was, like, a, a 10 or 11-hour shoot in a warehouse that we found in, like, South Central or something like that.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And were you, were you big on Faith No More as well, David? Oh, absolutely. Mike Bourne is one of my
1: biggest influences as a drummer, for sure. Really? That's the, yeah.
0: I, I, I had a chance to interview uh, Roddy for his other band, uh, Man on Man, and he's just such a sweet dude. He, he, I'm, I'm sure you've had a chance to probably meet them and play, play with Faith No More, but I was just shocked how nice he was.
1: I don't think we ever did play with Faith No More.
0: Oh, Really? I didn't yep. know. Maybe you have crossed paths at a festival or something. <laughs> I mean, as corn, you guys played so many shows and with so many, Me. we're on so many of those big, you know, stacked lineup festivals. But that's awesome that you were able to cover that song, and it's a it's yeah. a killer cover too. Thank you. Yeah, and Thanks, so man. putting out putting out the record or, or acronym like so was there a? I mean, you guys talked about kind of waiting okay let's it's time to release a cover when was it time to go you know what let's just put the let's just put out the songs we had before and put it out as a collection of music
1: we haven't really talked about that i mean we went in and recorded eight songs Mm -hmm. um so we're hanging on a few of them but we're not really we haven't really made a plan what to do with the the songs to be released
0: oh so there's still a couple more i I wasn't sure if like that yeah so the collection of songs that's out now is just you just call it acronym because that was when it became. Now yeah. it's called Breaking in a Sequence, not not bias. Yes. Right. Got it. OK. Right. So there's actually a
2: whole nother EP's worth of material that's Report- just sitting in tow right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, do you mind? Do you have a, like uh, a projection or a plan for that yet? Or are you still kind of figuring it out?
2: we're still t- trying to figure it out we have another single that we have to release off of acronym before we start the full planning process for the second ep but um right now we're really focused on trying to write more material you know to basically you know fill up the catalog so that we have like maybe an album's worth of material to release if we get a chance to do a debut album
0: Okay. okay and what about like uh, the live streaming things? Any, do you, Have you done that at all? Or do you have any interest in doing that?
2: We haven't done it. We started exploring that. Um, but then everything started opening back up. So I'm not sure if we're actually going to do that. Um, one thing that we did try at our rehearsal studio is um, set up GoPros everywhere and mm-hmm. try to stream audio from our in-ear monitor board into that video. But I mean that's editing work that still needs to be done In the and the process that.
0: that's a big Yeah,
2: job. we haven't really quite figured it all out yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, that is a big job. I mean, working editing, especially I don't know how many cameras you have going on, but like that process is <laughs> is quite a quite a beast. So, um yeah. I can't imagine. Um well, I hopefully, I mean, it does look like shows are are opening. I mean, fingers crossed, but like is scheduled for uh beginning of september you have outside lands that was announced uh i think ride fest was announced and so little tours are happening here in in fall so i hope i hope 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 that you guys will be able to to get on the road or at least play another show at the whiskey or you know get these songs out there in a a live setting absolutely
2: yeah i'd love to play live again
0: (laughs) well Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with me and and chatting. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, I have one more question for you both, though. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Aspiring artists. um, Well, first, they have to give it everything they have to be successful or even try to be successful. They have to be full on into it and they have to be able to take criticism and possibly use it to their advantage or, um, I mean, or if they don't have it, they just don't have it, you know, <laughs> but if someone's going to try They have to be all in. I love it.
2: I want to add to that. I want to add to that. Um, don't be afraid to, to sound stupid or, or, uh, you know, try different things that could possibly sound stupid because that's how people find themselves, right? That's how you find your style and your sound is you have to make the mistake in order to learn from it. Right. Like, especially from a singer, yeah. From a singer or a guitar player, whatever, you know, like, I, I think, I think you still don't have to be afraid to sound or look stupid while you're doing something. Cause you have to learn it. Everyone has to learn somehow.
1: Yep. I think being the singer takes a little bit different kind of confidence because playing the drums, I'm just hitting things. I'm not really, you know, not making vocal sounds, but so as a singer, I think you have to give, give yourself so much confidence to just belt it out and not be afraid to sound bad or, or you know, do, do what you have to do to learn. And it's, it seems like it's a lot more personal of an of a ordeal, right? Being a singer, not holding back.
2: Kind of, kind of. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's for it's me, shooting. it's That's all technique. It. For me, it's technique. I, wanna, I always want to learn like, how you do something correctly or properly or, or why a singer does what they do. You know that's that's how I think, so I would just say don't be afraid to sound stupid if you're a singer or if you're a guitar player. You know, try something even if it doesn't quite work out the way you thought it in your head. You may you may stumble upon something else.
1: You know. Yeah. You gotta try. You gotta just give me yeah. your all.
2: Bring it backwards.